the property pod 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 welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello and welcome to the latest episode of the property pod south africa's premier property investor podcast My name is Suren Naidu and on this weekly podcast show we gain insider insights from leading executives, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expansive property industry. Interest rates are at over a decade high now, uh, well above the COVID lows and even pre-COVID levels in 2019. And the bad news is that another hike is likely ahead of the December spending binge. Um on the podcast today we are talking about residential property and the residential property market and are speaking to a property company that services the residential property sector in particular in the MoneyWeb studio we have the CEO of Lansdowne Property Group Jonathan Cole speaking to us about the market sharing some trends and insights Jonathan Cole welcome to the property pod thanks for having me Your company Lansdowne is a major national player in the residential property market managing I understand around 35,000 apartments you must have a ear close to the ground as it were in terms of what's happening in the market and what's going on with the higher interest rates as I mentioned biting a bit how is the market doing from your perspective I'd say on the sales side uh, the market's definitely under pressure I mean if I have a look at our developer clients sort of nationally I'd say they're down 50% on sales year on year you know so each month they're selling 50% um less than they would have sold and I think interest rates do have a major part to play in that and I think that uh certain provinces have been affected uh, worse than others mm. Gauteng you know being the main one you know where the property prices really haven't appreciated for I'd say the last 13 years you know wow. so if you're a property investor um and you are looking in the buy to let market you know especially in that sort of one bedroom one bathroom two bedroom one bathroom type of market literally I'd say from about 2010 onwards there's been little to no capital appreciation and in some instances depreciation you know which is obviously very worrying for the Gauteng property market um we're seeing numbers in KZN and Cape Town are definitely better uh, starting with the western cape you know I'd say definitely there is better capital appreciation there I think obviously the semigration trend mm. is definitely helping with that so I'd say at the moment there is sort of a over demand and, and a under supply in sort of your first time um homeowner or first time buy to let market mm. in Gauteng I'd say it's the other way around there's a oversupply of residential properties yeah so we're getting sort of better capital appreciation in the western cape and we're getting slightly better appreciation in KZN than Gauteng but I'd say the western cape is definitely leading the race in terms of where the market is and with Gauteng I I gather it's uh, the overall average there must be some areas that are actually growing uh for yes, example yeah. boom nodes like around perhaps Stain City and 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 Waterfall and others 100% I'd say that there's demand for secure residential estates you know so I'd say nodes like Waterfall for example 
whether there's capital appreciation or not, you know, sort of there's sort of stability, mm. perhaps a little bit of capital appreciation. And in areas like Stain City as well, you know, where there's massive infrastructure that's been poured into the area, mm. I'd say that there is a demand. And that's sort of more in your sort of high-end market. So if we don't look at the buy-to-let market, you know, you know, let's look at freestanding homes. You know, I think people are very apprehensive to purchase a freestanding home, one, because of the security. And I'm talking, at, you know, in your, say, six million rand range. You know, a person who's, who's about to take out a mortgage for six million rand is thinking, it's a freestanding home, worried about the security with the US dollar rand or the rand US dollar mm. depreciation is it the right thing to do at the moment? Perhaps I should rent. And in that 6 million rand range, properties are selling for 4 million rand if they're lucky. Mm. So I think, you know, if you are purchasing in a secure state, like you said, a Stain City or Waterfall, I think are definitely areas where there's still demand, you know, and we've managed Stain City, for example, for eight years, we've managed all of their body corporates and we're doing their off-plan sales and marketing. You know, so the demand is still really, really strong. Okay. And the amount of infrastructure that they've put in, there's just nothing like it in the market. Mm. So you have to be picky about where you choose to buy. Just on the interest rate front, uh, expectations are now that Saab will hike again, especially with the last reading of the the inflation number, and that uh, decision is expected in November. Also, obviously, um, the oil price and, as you mentioned, the RAND uh, dollar exchange rate. What is your expectation around interest rates and what impact is this likely to have on the new home or on the market in general, but both a little bit of context around new homeowners coming in and home loan applications, but also the buy-to-let market. Uh, one would think there's more people going to rent if it becomes too expensive. Yeah, well, I'd say that if there is an interest rate hike, you know, we're obviously quite heavily reliant on sort of the U.S. interest rates as well, you know, to see, you know, what they're doing. But I mean, I, you know, I think the market is sort of looking at a 25 basis points interest rate hike. I think it's definitely going to affect the first time homeowner. It's going to affect them. Um, you know, it's just going to increase their bond repayments and their affordability. And generally on the back of interest rates hike, you know, the rental market picks up because more people rent. Although because there's an oversupply of rental properties on the market in Gauteng, you know, you would think that they would make the rental rise in terms of the price. But because there's an oversupply, you know, the rental amounts and yields are actually going down. Okay. You know, so, so it's a renter's market as it Yeah, were. it's definitely a renter's market. And uh, yeah, I mean, you must always ask the property guy, does he own the property where he lives? And the answer is, I rent my property. Mm-hmm. So that in the past would be a swear word. You know, a guy who owns a real estate business who gives property advice um, is renting his property. But that should tell you, you know, because if there's no capital appreciation in the market, and interest rates are high, you know, so lending going to be expensive. Levies and rates and taxes also sort of increasing. But the most important part is zero capital appreciation. Sometimes it's better to rent. And I think, you know, if you're a first-time homeowner, you know, the rental compared to bond repayment is very close. You know, so if you're renting a one-bedroom apartment and you're spending 8,000 rand in rental, maybe it will cost you 8,000 rand in bond repayment, then you've got the levies and the rates and taxes. So call it another one and a half thousand or 2,000 rand. So it's only 2,000 rand more. But if you are renting a 15 million rand home and you're paying 60,000 rand a month and the levies are 20 and the rates and taxes are 10 and there's zero capital appreciation, it's definitely better to rent. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's always that question, you know, do you sort of buy the home, your dream home, spend the money and just be happy where you are, but knowing it's perhaps not the best investment? 
Well, that's the argument I have with my wife all the time, sir. Well, the lucky thing for the South African uh, property market is that you still have this overwhelming sense of South Africans wanting to still own their property. And one would hope that uh, going forward, once the economy picks up and things like that, you will see some appreciation. Obviously, that uh, non-growth, as it were, in Gauteng is also in light of you know, inflation being quite high. So after inflation, it's basically a no-growth environment. A hundred percent. And also it's a great opportunity to buy, you know, because you can purchase a property that's been on the market um, for years and years and years that was on for eight million and you're picking it up for five. And when the market picks up, you're going to get proper capital appreciation. Mm. The age-old saying of everybody says, I wish I'd purchased my property 10 years ago now, you know. So I do think it's a good time to purchase specifically in Gauteng. But yeah, you need, to, you need to decide if that's the correct place for you to live. Jonathan, uh, Lansdowne uh, has grown over the years and today is involved, as you mentioned, the likes of uh, Stain City. But it's largely focused on the middle income market, as it were, with projects like its first sectional title development, I believe, in Soweto. Can you share a bit more about the group, how it, how it started and where it is today? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I started the business in 2006. I started in the off-plan sort of sales and marketing business, and then I started Lands On a year later. You know, so I've, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur very early. Yeah, I started it to sort of become a preferred service provider for a developer. You know, so to become one of their preferred sales and rental agencies, okay. and then to become one of their preferred managing agencies, to become one of their preferred estate management businesses. Uh, yeah, I mean, I started the business out of my sister's garage. I didn't have any money. Yeah, it wasn't sort of a carefully planned and budgeted <laughs> business plan of how I was going to do it. I was the CEO, the receptionist, the driver, the person who put the boards up, the accountant. And sort of started the business from there. And then, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I sort of grew it from there and slowly got a couple of staff. And then I purchased my first section in Office Park, you know, because it was important for me to retain staff to actually have a really nice office. Mm. Uh, once I had that office, I did find it easier to sort of retain staff. However, 10 years later, when I sold that commercial property, I'd made no capital appreciation again. <laughs> so that was the end of, uh, you know, my sort of commercial asset owning uh, dreams. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I've sort of just opened up the property services as we've gone. So we've opened up an insurance business. So we insure the buildings that we manage. Uh, we sell short-term insurance into homes, car, household, pet insurance. Um, we do utilities management. So we've got uh, smart sort of wallets, you know, where you can purchase electricity, gas and water. Uh, you I was can actually purchase gonna, it through an app. Mm, it's, I was actually going to ask about that because it seems that your service offering is quite extended beyond your service offering yes. around managing as a managing agent, as it were. Yeah, you know, it's been quite a cool journey because all of the businesses that we've opened are annuity businesses. You know, so the insurance is annuity. You know, the utilities management is annuity. We get a percentage of the usage. Mm. Um, we've got a financial services business, you know, we lend estates money. So for example, if there's a body corporate that's got a painting project, they've got 3 million rand in their maintenance reserve account, but the painting project is going to cost 5 million rand. We will lend them that 2 million rand and they can pass over a, a period that suits them. You know, we've also got sort of short-term lending to our clients, you know, so if we sort of print um, a list of debtors in terms of the our rental management portfolio and they can't afford 
to pay the rental that month, we can contact them and say, listen, you know, would you like us to lend you the money to rent this property and you can pay it over time? You know, so that's also quite a good annuity business. And we recently started our solar business as well, where we, all of our states are struggling with, you know, with power, load shedding, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we sort of either just install a solar system, we install a solar system for free, uh, sign a power purchase agreement, uh, we manage it, we insure it, and we can lessen our clients' electricity variable cost by up to 15% from day one. We can also add sort of a backup battery system with that as well. And we've got an off-plan sales and marketing business, you know, so we represent clients like Stain City, for example. We do the off-plan sales and marketing of City Center that they're selling. So yeah, you know, we've just sort of added, as I've seen the need in the industry, you know, we've added the services. And it primarily comes from the back of doing a good property management service having the trust of our clients and then opening the other services as we go. You know, so it's based on the back of property management, really. So how many people do you employ? Because I see you nationally represented. Yeah, so we've got about 150 employees nationally. It's growing all the time. We've got a lot of growth in the different businesses. And I think the challenge with that is just keeping the service to our existing clients and the new clients that we bring on at the level that got us where we are today from 150 employees to the to 300 employees and from 35,000 properties under management to 100,000 properties under management. So I think that's really the challenge, you know, I think of every growing business is keeping the service level good while you've got a lot of growth. Just talking about uh, sharing a little bit more insights, you talked a little bit about the Gauteng and Western Cape markets, but the differentiation between uh, Cape Town and Johannesburg, as it were, uh, you talked about capital appreciation, but uh, not just the demand side, but yields and and also uh, the whole trend around owning versus renting, because I, I think also the growth in the Western Cape market is probably quite uh, substantially fueled by tourism and foreign investors coming and investing in the Western Cape market in particular? Yeah, sure. It's driven by two factors. I mean, it's definitely driven by the semigration of both people in Gauteng and also KZN, you know, because a lot of KZN clients of ours are, are sort of, some of them move from Joburg to KZN and now they're moving from KZN to Western Cape, you know, because of a number of a number of factors, you know. So I'd say, I'm sure the the rights didn't help, even though it's two exactly. years down the line. Yeah, yeah, I think the rights didn't help. You know, I think the sort of lack of infrastructure and also the floods. You know, I think those three. I think COVID, the rights, the floods, really hurt that KZN market. You know, so there's still amazing estates being built there, and people are still wanting to live there. You know, as in Bali, you know. Uh, a massive estate there. You've got everything you need there. You know, you've got your schools and you've got your golf course and everything sort of contained. So we found that in the Western Cape, the um, international market and money is more for the more exclusive properties and high-end properties. We're finding the buy-to-let market is still sort of local South Africans really pouring their money in there, you know. But I mean, you might get a higher rental for the Western Cape and a buy-to-let property, but you're getting a higher price as well. And sometimes it cancels it out, you know, because the purchase price is more, you know, but the rental sort of priced in to be a very similar sort of rental yield in Cape Town versus Johannesburg. But I think the ease at which you can find a tenant, you know, our rental agents in Cape Town are doing double the rentals than our Gauteng agents with half as many agents. And it just shows that the demand yes. is just greater, you know. So if you are buying an investment property in Cape Town, the chance of you getting a tenant I'd say is a lot higher than getting a tenant in Gauteng. Mm. And it's, it's really the oversupply, you know, versus the, 
over demand. Hmm. You know, so. Well, I had a question earlier. I didn't mention it because it was partially covered. Is uh, the trends that we saw in the census as well? Western Cape, I think, is the third most populous province, but it's one of the smaller provinces. So it's a trend to watch. Just uh, to on a concluding note, any other market insights to share and and perhaps uh, uh, highlight some potential growth opportunities for the group going forward? Yeah, I think a lot of developers are sort of having a look at the rent to own options. You know, I think that you know that's quite an exciting opportunity. And I'll give you an example: um, Stain City and City Centre, they have a rent to own product okay. that they bought to the market and what that is is really sort of it's a product for an aspirational purchaser who perhaps doesn't have the affordability to qualify for a bond or mortgage at this exact moment we sign a sort of lease agreement and an offer to purchase the lease agreements for two years so it's a market related rental for that specific unit you know if it's a one bedroom one bathroom you know, they pay their, say, 15,000 rand a month for city center for a period of two years after the two years the entire rental amount gets taken off the purchase price and gets used as a deposit to purchase that property. At the end of the two years, if you don't purchase the property, you you can just move out. But it gives us as an agency the opportunity for a purchaser that maybe wouldn't have the cash flow to, say, put two or 300,000 rand down. And it also gives us six months prior to the end of the lease an opportunity for us to sit down with them, work out exactly what the affordability is, and give some sort of education to say, okay, your gross income has to be 60,000 rand a month for the next six months. No bounce debit orders. Make sure that it's clean, et cetera, et cetera. And you will get the mortgage. Mm. I think it will help in a tough market. It will help a lot of developers service their debt. It helps fill the estate. You know, so the estate is full and people sort of see it and they're living the lifestyle. And it gets an aspirational first-time homeowner the opportunity to pay a deposit and fix a purchase price now for two years' time. Mm. So I think that's very, very interesting. And I think with interest rates going up again, I suspect you'll see more and more developers offering that. Mm. Jonathan, uh, we're out of time, so thank you for your time today in studio. That was Jonathan Kohler, the CEO of Lansdowne Property Group. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod.